We have a word from the Lord, uh, some interesting things uh, that we want to share. We're, we're going to have you to go to the book of First uh, Samuel. It's what we're going to have you going to. If you get in that place of First Samuel, the bulk of the time, we're going to be in First Samuel, but we're also going to be in the book of Ruth, and I'll let us know when we need to get to Ruth. But we're going to be in First Samuel. That's where we're going to begin in the book of First Samuel. Um, there are some interesting things that I was able to discover in the book of um, Samuel. Um, very interesting things that I was able to discover. Um, kind of, it's, 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 it's hmm, inter- well, I won't say mind-blowing, but it answers a lot of questions that we may have, or I had, I don't know about anybody else. But we're going to go to First uh, Samuel chapter number 16 is where we're going to begin. And we're going to be talking about standing in the shadows, standing in the shadows. Um, we have to understand that God here has rejected Saul, and he's looking for a, a new king. And so he sends uh, the prophet, the seer, Samuel, he sends him, and once he sends him uh, to anoint uh, a king, but there are some things interesting about the person that he anoints. Um, but First Samuel chapter number 16, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. I need you to stay close with me. We won't be standing long unless the Holy Spirit says so. But it's, it's very interesting because I discovered some things as I forestated. First Samuel chapter 16, verse number 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bessemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. So God speaks to Samuel. He speaks to the prophet in 1 Samuel chapter number 16. He speaks to the prophet. He's mourning over, over Saul because God has taken him down. Now, Saul is a king that the people put up. And people put Saul up. You know, a lot of times in our, today in our society, we will put people in places that God did not choose for them to be. Amen. Now, we're going to continue. We're going to look at uh, who... Uh, Saul, he calls Jesse's, his children, Jesse and his children to the sacrifice. You got to remember now, whenever the seer comes to town, people are afraid. They're really afraid. They were afraid of Samuel. They didn't know why he was coming. Uh, they was afraid. And so therefore, he calls Jesse and his sons to come to the sacrifice. Now, when we look at verse number six, Samuel's job is to Uh, anoint the next king of Israel. Now, in verse number 6, it says this. And we're going to look at Samuel's sons here. And as they all call to the feast. Now, verse number 6 in 1 Samuel, chapter number 16 says, And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Elip and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. He looks at him, and this is what he's reason why he says, surely his anointing, God's anointing is upon him. Verse number 7, it says, but the Lord, the Lord is speaking, the Lord speaks to Samuel. But the Lord said unto Samuel, 
Look not on his countenance or on the height of his statue, because I have, Lord, had refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. See, mankind, what we do is we look on the outside of appearance of a man rather than looking at the heart of man. But the beauty of it is that God knows our heart. He doesn't care anything about what we look like. He doesn't care anything about what we drive. He doesn't care anything about what we wear. God does not care about any of that whatsoever. God looks upon the heart of man. That's what he judges us by, our heart, all right? Now, let's look at that second son uh, in verse number 8. And says, then Jesse, then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. All right, give me the next verse. All right. Then he goes on and say, then Jesse made uh, Shema to pass by. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. Hmm. Now, you've got to understand, this is the first three sons, the first three sons of, of, of Jesse. God has re- rejected them. He's not the one. They are not the ones that's been chosen to be the king. Now, uh, verse number 10 says, Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these now remember now they have called for the family of jesse to come to the feast god's going to anoint someone all right now none of them so far god has chosen to be the next king of israel now verse number 11 says this this is where it gets very interesting it says and samuel said unto jesse or here all thy children. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. Now, you have to understand that he's told him, I want you to bring all your children. Well, something happens. He didn't bring them all. Why? Now, what we want to deal with, and this is where it gets interesting. This is where we want to deal with. We want to deal with that eighth son, the eighth son. We're in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 16. We want to deal with that eighth son. Now, when you're dealing with that eighth son, that, that is David. David is the eighth son. But he is also the uninvited guests. Now, he's a part of the family, right? But he's not called to the feast. He, he, he is not invited. And so the Lord speaks, and when the Lord says, now, now, he speaks to Samuel, he says, now, listen, Samuel, what I want to know is, do you have any more children? He didn't say, do you have any more sons? He says, do you have any more children? Then he says, okay, I've got this other one that's out there, and he's out there tending to the sheep. Now, we would think, and I don't know about y'all, but this is what I thought and what was taught, 
that the reason why he was out there tending to the sheep was because he was the youngest. Well, I discovered that's not so. What I discovered is this. I discovered that he's out there, and the reason why he's out there tending to the sheep, it has everything to do with his bloodline. Everything to do with his bloodline. All right, now, I'm trying to stick close to this. If you ever notice, David's mother is never mentioned by name in the Bible. Her name is never mentioned. Her name is uh, Netzavet. Netzavet. Her name is Netzavet. Now, you've got to understand who she is and what reason David is placed out there among the sheep. He's, he's considered to be a shepherd. However, the reason why they really put him out there is because they wanted those wild animals. You know, you talked about the lions and, 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 and the bear that he had to come up against. They were hoping that he would be killed. That was the reason why he was out there. Not because he was the youngest. It's because the other sons, they wanted David dead and had everything to do with his bloodline. Now, getting back to David's mother. This is interesting. This is, boy, I've been sitting on this thing. I couldn't hardly wait to get it here. Oh, it was good. Now, when you look at David's mother, you got to understand there was a secret going on. That was a secret. It had to, think, had to do with the bloodline. Now, you have to understand, uh, according to legend about David's birth, it is that when they, that there was a discovery as Jesse was getting older, he was afraid that there would be some things discovered that would cause him shame. This is what Jesse was thinking, the father. Now, what happened is when he come to understand and realize that David came from the ancestry of the Moabites. Now, the Moabites and the Jews had no dealings, okay? So, in other words, uh, they were uh, looked upon as if they were not important. They were not important to the, to the bloodline. All right. Now, when Jesse decided to put away his wife because he felt like she would cause some problems when people discovered about the bloodline, he decided to bring in a Canaanite servant, okay, and she would be actually part of that bloodline. And he put away the lady that he had, he had taken in, his wife. He put her away. But when it was discovered what did, what what Jesse, thank you, what Jesse was going to do, there was a switch that went on. There was a switch, okay? The maid, the maid servant, and Jesse's wife exchanged places. When I say exchanged places, they exchanged places in the bedroom, okay? And because uh, Jesse's wife had been uh, put away, Jesse had put his wife away, he had no idea that that night he was actually sleeping with his wife and not the maid. Now, his wife came from the Moabites. If, if, you, if you think about uh, 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 um, when you go to the book of Ruth, when you go to the book of Ruth, now 
when, when you look at Naomi, Naomi and her husband, they go to the land of Moabite because of Moab, and that was because there was a famine in the land where they were. So in the midst of that, Ruth shows up, comes back. You remember the story about Ruth and Naomi, uh, Oprah, Ruth, and Naomi? They all, well, she comes back. Ruth comes back with her mother-in-law, all right? And it ended up, here it is now. David is a part of that bloodline that connects in actuality with the Moabs. They didn't want him to be in that bloodline. So they had to make that switch. Well, his mother made the switch. That was the secret. They didn't want the secret to be discovered, okay? I got to stay with this. So they put him out there. And you think about something. Why would you put a young lad out there where there are lions and bears unless you want him dead? He's a, he's a ruddy kid. When the Bible, am I going to? Okay, he's a ruddy kid. Now, because he's a ruddy kid, he has a warlike spirit. He's not like his other brothers. Even this, the, It talks about how his eyes were different. They knew that he was different. They just didn't know why. All right? Now, the reason is because even though David it does belong to Jesse, Jesse doesn't understand that David belongs to him. He doesn't understand that. All right? Now, let's, let's look at the book of um, Ruth. Let me, let's get some background here and, and this bloodline. See, the Moabs were an inferior race to the Jews. And not only that, but... The Torah also forbid um, a Jew to marry a Moabite. Jesse had married a Moabite in, in that lineage, all right? Now, let's go to the book of Ruth. Let's go to the book of Ruth, and maybe we can get a little bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we, we, we can comprehend what we're saying. Amen? Now, the book of Ruth. Let's go to the book of Ruth. Now, we got to deal with the bloodline of Jesse. We dealt with the bloodline when it came down uh, to David's mom. She's a Moabite. It's forbidden for her, for her to be where she is a married to Jesse. Now, you got to look at Jesse's bloodline, which has everything to do with Boaz and Naomi. Now, y'all know about Boaz. We, we, we always uh, are so excited about Boaz, and we know about Ruth and Boaz and out in the field, and she marries this wealthy man. Now, when you go to the book of Ruth, chapter number 4, book of Ruth, chapter number 4, and we're going to begin reading at 13. It says, so Boaz, Boaz is in that Jewish bloodline, So Joaz took Ruth. Ruth comes from that Moabite bloodline. And she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Now, she bears a son. She bears a son. Now, looking at verse number... 14, it says, And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. 
For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and, and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. Now, 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 what's wrong with that picture? Verse number 17 says, And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son, look at this, There is a son born to Naomi. Well, Naomi didn't have no baby. It was Ruth. There is a son born to Naomi, and they call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. All of a sudden now, David is going to come up, I mean, um, the son is going to come up as if he belongs to Naomi, Obed. Obed is the father of David. You have to follow me close if you can on this. Once you understand why the switch was made, and there was not anything wrong in that bloodline, it's just that Jesse did not quite understand it. Now, how did things take place? We, in order for David to get to where he's supposed to be by God, remember, thank you, Holy Spirit. You remember when, when, when the sons was called, when, when, when the sons was called, and, 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 and David is called the little ruddy kid, the Bible talks about how the oil, the anointing, leaped out of the vessel, leaped out, and was poured down on David. He's anointed. He's anointed the king. But just think about it. He is anointed to be the next king, but what Samuel tells him to do is go back to the field where you came from. He had to wait in the shadows until his time. See, many of us think and wonder why we haven't gotten where we desire to go or where God told us to go. It's because we are still waiting in the shadows until the right time. In other words, a lot of people have written us off, think that we're nobody, right? And they say, you'll never amount to anything, right? So, so you've been anointed for a position, but yet you, you can't take on the position. And you've been told you've got that position. But all of a sudden, now you've got to go back to, thank you, Holy Spirit, cleaning tables. <laughs> but that's not who you really are. The, 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 you know, you, you're, you have been anointed to be higher than what you are in status, but yet you still have to go back and have that minimal job. You know, can I say minimal wage when we've really been anointed to have more? Because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked, and I always say this, is laid up for the just or the righteous. Now, since God declared me righteous, that means that wealth that the wicked got belonged to me. Well, I ain't getting it just yet. Y'all got y'all's yet? <laughs> well, I hadn't got mine yet. But because it belongs to me, I know it's coming. All right? I know it's coming. I know that it's coming. Now, now, he's been, he's been saying, now, you go on back. Now, you, you continue to do that. He's been put right back into danger again. But the very, oh, Holy Spirit, I hear him. The very time man wipes you off, that's the time when God has somebody observing your life. He's observing your life. God's got somebody watching you. Don't think you're not being watched. You're being watched, okay? Now, let me show you this. Let me show you this. First Samuel, 
First Samuel chapter number 16. First Samuel. Thank you for my echo. First Samuel chapter number 16. First Samuel chapter number 16. And we're going to look at, begin looking at verse number 14. Verse number 14. First Samuel 16, verse number 14. It says, now, because this is talking about David here. It says, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. It left Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Give me verse number 15. Verse number 15. And it says, and Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Verse number 16. It says, let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out of a man, because they're talking, talking to Saul, the servants are talking to Saul, who is a, look at this, seek out a man who is a cunning player on a heart, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. See, Saul's got a problem. See, God then took the spirit from him. He gave him an evil spirit. But he can't control it. So what God is saying now, the service is telling Saul, so listen, this is what we want you to do. What we want you to do, let, let's look for somebody. Let's search for somebody that can soothe your spirit. You know, there comes times in life, there are certain things that can soothe our spirit when we get crazy. You know, there are certain things that can help us. All right? Now, Continuing on, verse number 17 says this, And Saul said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Watch verse number 18. This is why I said we got to be careful on how we walk and what we do. No matter where we are, whether we think nobody sees us, somebody is always observing us. Now, verse number 18 says this, Then answered one of the servants, somebody, not, not, no name person, didn't even give him a name, didn't think he was that significant. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have, what's that next word? Seen. That means somebody watching. Have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing, a mighty, valiant man, a man of war and prudent and manners, and a comely person, and what did he say? And the Lord is with him. See, where people have written you off and don't think you're nobody, God has that unnamed person out there that has been watching your lifestyle, saw how you endured what you've been going through, and seen that the Lord is with you. So that's why it's so important that even when we think nobody sees us in our shadows, we still do the right thing. Amen. You still got to do the right thing, all right? So he's watching him. He doesn't have a name. He's not one of these renowned persons that know him. But who it is is a servant that has been observing his walk. Been observing his walk. So that he was mighty. He, I'm quite sure he probably had heard about David uh, killing the lion and the bear. Um, and there's another thing to that, too. We're going to get there, too. So y'all stay with me because we ain't going to be long, y'all, all right? So, so, so it happens now. There's somebody watching David. 
And it puts him in the place where God wants him to be at that time. Because, see, he had been rejected from his family because they felt like he didn't belong. Anybody got family members feel like you don't belong? <laughs> see, see, they don't know that the anointing and the power and the grace of God that God has upon your life. So they will, they will reject you, but yet God brings you into his arsenal, and he's going to use you. Amen? And then they're going to have to come to you, all right? They're going to have to come to you. Now, here it is, the unnamed person, okay? He's unnamed. He's a, but he's an observer of David, observer of your life. Now, watch, watch the next thing. Let me see, did I finish? Yeah, verse number 17 says, yeah, I read that. And, say, and, and Saul said to the servants, provide me now, man. And then the servant talks in verse number 18 about this person. Now, look at verse number 23 in 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Verse number 23 says, and it came to pass, it happened, when the evil spirit from God, from God vexation from God, was upon Saul that David took a harp, played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. God will set you up at the right time in the right place before the right people. But you do not always stay in the shadows. You do not always stay in the shadows, especially since God has anointed you to get to the next place. Now, remember I told you the thing that we discovered when it came down to, to David's mom, that was a switch, and, and, and Jesse didn't know he was sleeping with his wife. He thought he was sleeping with his handmaid, but she comes up pregnant, uh, David's wife, I mean, Jesse's wife comes up pregnant, and once she comes up pregnant, uh, according to the, that time, that was a disgrace and a shame. So he puts her away. Now, he's back, and he's in the shadows. Remember, he's keeping them sheep. They want him dead, right? But that's not in God's will. How many of y'all know that, 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 that not only the adversary wants you dead, but there are some other people who want you dead too, right? Amen. Amen. You got some people that want you there too. Now, let's go. This is where it gets, also gets interesting. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. Now, the Lord is about to bring David out of the shadows. He's no longer being hid. He, you know, before he was standing in the shadows, now he's about to be brought out of the shadows. Wherever you are in life today, God is about to bring you out of that place in the natural. Spiritually, he's already done it. In the natural, we don't see it yet, but it's going to happen. Now, 1 Samuel chapter number 17, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 41. Verse number 41. Now, there's been a battle. They are, they are in a battle. Uh, the Philistines and the Israelites, they're in a battle. Israel is scared. Now, it says in verse 41, 1 Samuel chapter 17, And the Philistines came and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And give me the next verse, please. I'm going to show you something. 
It says, verse number 42, it says, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair, a fair countenance. Verse 43, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with stars? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Hmm. Verse 44. I'm going to read these next two verses, and I need to deal with some things. It says, and verse 44 says, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. We're talking about Goliath's this conversation with David. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Remember we said he was coming out of the shadows, right, David? He's coming out of the shadows. God says, this is what has to happen for us now. We've got to face our Goliaths. Whenever you come out of the shadow, you're going to face your giants. You have to, you have to face your giants. Whatever that thing is so big in your life that you think you can't overcome it, God said you got to face it. But let me show you something interesting about Goliath here and also our Goliath in our life. Now, it talks about how there is someone that's running in front of or before the Goliath. If you look at those scriptures, they're talking about there's a runner before Goliath, before the giant, carrying, this is what got me, carrying the shield, carrying the shield. Why would a giant need somebody to run before him to carry a shield? He's a giant. Why would you want some little little something carrying your shield in front of you? Do y'all hear that? Are you, are, you, are you grasping the question? Here's the giant. He's a giant. Think about how tall he is. But yet he's got somebody else carrying his shield. I looked at that and I said, well, why, God? What is it about your Goliath? What is it about David's Goliath that, that he needed some help from somebody else? And the whole Israelite army was afraid of him. He, Goliath, had an issue. He had a disease. And because of that disease that he had, it affected his vision. He couldn't see. He couldn't see unless he was up close. Think about our giants that we have. How many of us go, what is it, that hand-to-hand come back up close fighting? Well, we've got to learn how to be a slinger like David. I'll tell you about that slinger. Ooh, we, I'm telling you, we're at the end, y'all. We're at the end. We're at the end, so you've got to catch it about your giant now. We're at the end. I said, now, God, why is it? Why is it? He said, now, he's got a disease. He's got a problem we can't see. That's why he had to have somebody running before him carrying that shield. Hmm. Goliath had a weakness. Every giant that we are faced with has a weakness. 
we just got to discover the weakness of the giants that we've been facing. That's been taking us down. Think about what? Think about the giants in your own life. Think about the giants in our own life that's been taking us down. That's making us succumb, being afraid. And we've been trying to fight him up close. Oh, no. No. We got to learn how to sling it. We got to learn how to sling it. Okay. Now, every giant has a soft spot. Naturally, he had poor vision. Right? Spiritually, David had something that the giant didn't have. What he had spiritually, he knew the name, the power of the name of Jesus. How many of us know the power that the name Jesus carried? I mean, show enough, show enough, show enough, no. David said, I ain't coming with you with no stars and all that. I'm not coming with that. David said, I'm coming to you, Goliath. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. See, we've got authority, but we don't exercise the authority against our giants. Mm-hmm. This is good. What does he say? Spiritually, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why when we were up here trying to sing, (laughs) we were so caught up and we can't do it. No, we couldn't. But when the Spirit of God took over, it shocked us. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being honest. Amen. It shocked us. Because what happened was we recognized it's the Spirit that does the work. It's the same in our own lives. When we come out of our shadow, we've got to begin to operate in the spirit and know the power of the name of Jesus. And when that happens, ain't no giant can take you down. No circumstance can take you down. Nothing. Nothing. You'll have a peace that surpasses all man's understanding. Somebody said, well, how did they make it through that? How did they make it? It's the peace of God. 